0: Hello and welcome to The iWord. This podcast may contain strong language.
1: Volume 4. I'm your host Andy Sellers and today I'm speaking to Theo St. Clair. Theo is an actor who I met on a job last year and I was very glad he was able to speak to me via Zoom on New Year's Day from Malta. Uh, He was there self-isolating for a couple of weeks ready to start filming something new. So let's get into it. So, how you been, man? (laughs) Oh mate. Yeah, how have I been? I mean, I
0: don't know. I'm super, super glad that 2021 is here. Um,
1: Yeah, happy new year. I've not actually said that to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Happy new year, man.
0: Um, Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I'm ready for some new energy, to be honest with you. I think 2020 Mm -hmm. took a lot out of me and... um, I'm sort of glad to see the back of it, to be honest with you. Like, as I was saying to you before, it's like the longest and shortest year I think I've ever experienced. You know what it is, actually? I've never been more acutely aware that I was living through, like, a history exam question. Like, that's what 2020 (laughs) felt like. It was uh, properly, like, yeah, here we go. Better put these words down to tell the kids about when they have that (laughs) exam. Um, So, yeah, like... 2021 i'm just ready i'm ready to take some positivity into it really that, that's mm. that's kind of my main focus for this year it's just like purge their madness yeah that's kind of what it feels like
1: <laughs> no totally okay i was uh, listening to listening to podcasts at the moment of um people doing what we're doing which is i like saw sort of the the podcast over zoom mm. and hearing people that are like two or three times our age go like this is the craziest thing i've ever lived through and i was like this is we're living through the craziest thing that people who are two or three generations above us are living through and we're in our 20s like we're (laughs) we're gonna be set for a bit we're (laughs) we're all gonna have a lot of experiences to uh to draw upon and so so I've started each episode by asking, uh, when was the last time you wanted to be an actor? When was up for you, Thee?
0: Ooh, my days. What a big question. No, I'd probably say right now, actually. Um, is it? Like, yeah, right, it is. right
1: now, speaking to me?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, this, this period. period. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I mean, I'm out uh, at the moment. I'm out in Malta um, on a self-isolation for a job. Um, oh, you're
1: in Malta now?
0: Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I now. thought you were just yeah, at yeah. home. No, oh right, no, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. mad. Yeah. Oh, so how's so, that?
1: When did you yeah, fly?
0: It's an interesting one. So I I got here three days ago. Um, Jesus. And yeah, yeah, it's a weird one. Like, so this job was actually meant to happen like in March. Yeah, like year? a year, ago. Yeah, I remember you yeah, getting it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you helped me with the self tape for this, so like, <laughs> oh god,
1: yeah, we did, it's, yeah, yeah, me yeah, and yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So it's this job, and um, it's felt like I mean, the, the yeah, it's one of those ones that has been pushed back and pushed back, and there was almost a point with me that was like, is this ever gonna really happen? And then, um, on like, uh, I think it was like two days before Christmas. Uh, They called and they were like, okay, we uh, might have a way to make this happen, but you're going to have to fly on Christmas Eve. Um, And uh, yeah, so there was this whole thing of like, oh my God, is, you know, is this going to happen? Christmas Eve, can I do it? A few of us said yes. Then the flight got cancelled and they were like, okay, we're just going to wait now. And then they managed to charter a flight for the cast and crew to get out to Malta um so that was meant to be on the 26th but then that changed again to the 29th and so now I'm like I'm here so we flew on the 29th um and yeah I have like two weeks where I can't leave a hotel room um and I literally can't see anyone and then we go and do this job and in a weird way I mean I I feel like this is a well I feel really blessed actually to be starting my year this way um Hmm like after last year I think there were like moments where I was like am I ever gonna do this again the theatre is dead blah 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 blah. and so I just I feel really lucky to be um to be able to actually be working now it's like it's a solid way to start start the year and um I don't know this this feels like a really interesting job it's only a couple of scenes but the the show seems really cool Mm. um and yeah, it's like you know an opportunity to start your year doing what you love. I really want to do it some justice, you know. I want to I want to start yeah. strong. So yeah, I would probably have to say right now.
1: So yes, yeah, so it's not it's not the speaking to me. It's the the <laughs> nice little gig you've got in Malta, which is yeah, amazing. Yeah. I didn't know you're in yeah. Malta. But so how is that? How are you feeling about? Um, I suppose this is it's something that like in these scenarios is is different um obviously but uh going away on sort of big events or big you know things like new year's or christmas eve potentially it was going to be is sort of part of the profession Mm. and i think it's i mean it speaks to dedication that you were like yeah of course i just want to go and i want to go and i want to work and i'll do the two Mm. weeks in malta um how... how Have you had to do that before? Have you had to sort of, like, not be able to go to personal things or... I mean, I suppose there's not much... There wasn't going to be a personal... There wasn't going to be a party for New Year's Eve. I mean... Yeah. Well, I mean, so, it's a weird
0: one, man, because my dad's birthday is the 31st. So this is... No.
1: This is that, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I remember you yeah. telling me
0: this. Yeah, yeah. No. So, like, this is now the second year in a row that I've, um, that I've missed his birthday. So I'm like, this year... Don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll try and make sure that I'll actually be around. And this is, like, it's his 60th as well, so it's like, it's quite a what, big one. Y- yesterday yesterday, no, was, yesterday 60th. was
1: his 60th birthday. Oh, yeah. happy, so but what's your dad's name? Don. Don, Don. oh, happy yeah, birthday, big Don, Don, really. Don. Big um, 60, nice. Yeah, man, he, he made it, he made it. Uh, <laughs>
2: he made it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so, yeah, like, I don't know, I mean, most of the time... I think actually it's 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 relatively rare that I'm away for for like big family events and stuff. I think uh most of the time I manage to to be around for them. But my parents are like super super understanding. Um and they sort of get it, you know. Like I think it's one of those things with with jobs because it's not just you, there's like a whole production and a whole team of people who kind of come together to make something happen. Um, the, like, the sacrifice makes sense because it's like, you know, there's so many logistical things that are trying to come together to make this thing happen, um, mm-hmm. and you've kind of got to play your part to, to make sure that the thing comes off, so, um, yeah, I tend to, I not I think I tend to understand that that's what's going on, um, and yeah, I mean, I've been raring to go for this as well. Like, this has felt yeah. like something that's been coming for ages, and actually, I really wanted it to happen. So, yeah, yeah, it's been okay. It's been
1: nice. Right. <laughs> so um, let's sort of uh, let's let's go back, if it's all right, to um, what sort of got you into this world? Because I know you, I know you're an actor, but I know you do other things as well on the side. But I wondered what sort of started you wanting to be an actor and sort of mm. why you want to be an actor, why that sort of emerged for you? Sure. Like, um,
0: I think it's something that I started in school. I think, like, like a lot of people started doing, like, school plays and stuff like that. Um, and when I was going into sixth form, I actually ended up getting a drama scholarship for the, the school that I was going to. I think that was probably, like, the first time when I was like, "Oh, okay, this is a little more than something that I just enjoy. Like, um, I'm actually pretty good at, at this, and maybe I should, like, look at it further. Um, and so when I hit, like, 18 and that last year of school... I mean, and initially, I was going to go to uni to do, like, history. Mm. Um. And that same year I ended up applying to a few drama schools um, and I got an offer for Alra, but I'd also seen a couple of others and I was like, okay, if I really want to do this, then let's like give it a shot. Let's not just go straight to the uni thing because I know that that can happen. Um, So I took a year out. I set up a theatre company with a couple of friends and we put on some shows, wrote a few scripts for for some film stuff. And I like reapplied and that was the year that I went to Drama Centre. That was like the first year that I had um, applied there. And I sort of fell in love with that place and I was lucky to, to get the place during that gap hmm. year. Um, and I had an offer from Bristol and Alwa again, but... Yeah, content mm. that sort of, like, really took my fancy. And I think the thing with, with acting, the reason why I love it, is that it kind of, it sort of brings together everything. Like, what mm. I noticed was that in, like, the preparation for roles and stuff, like I got what I got from history like I got that research based thing where you go and you find out about different cultures and what's going on uh, yeah. and it also gives you like an opportunity to try everything if you're you know like you're playing different people and so you you, you sort of get that opportunity to build the skills of those people Um, and hmm. it felt like a way to sort of encompass like encompass everything and not be locked into one thing if that makes sense
2: no it like, makes total
0: sense it makes total yeah. sense and um, yeah I don't know I feel like yeah it sort of just it, it piqued my my like curiosity really it was like what a were really you, good for it
1: what were you kind of like um, watching listening to uh, sort of digesting in those early years that made you kind of because you just sort of said flippantly like oh i just started this theater company uh, but i'm intrigued just like which is like we'll get to but i'm intrigued just like what what you know leading up to those years of being a team what were you what were you watching what were you listening to what were you like taking in and what was sort of then gave you the in- impetus to um to start the company as well as you know sorry i've just uh, spat on my own mic um um <laughs> Yeah, was there, was there a person as well, a particular person that helped you? That's interesting. Um, <clears throat> I had a really... That was two questions there,
0: sorry. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'll go for the first one first. So I had um, I had a couple of really great drama slash English teachers. Um, mm. So one of them, Mrs. Crizzle, I'll never forget her. She was the yes. one who kind of really, really uh, pushed me to take it seriously. Um, hmm. and she how so? a well <clears throat> she like encouraged me to go for the scholarship and there was just something about being in her lessons and seeing her passion for what the arts can do that like I don't know it was just super inspiring man she she like opened up worlds in ways that um, I don't know they just really had an impression on me at like 16, but it's... 17
1: you said it. You said it's there as like what the arts can do, as opposed yeah. to like what you can do in the arts, or like what like where you could go. It was yeah. Rather than a kind of a personal ambition, it sounds like it was to do with the message or the the value of it.
0: Yeah, I think I think it is in a way. Um, you know, there's something about like changing people's perspective, and I think like I think the key thing is. Uh, like the the real power of a story is is world changing like you Mm. you take someone and for a moment you put them in somebody else's shoes and like somebody can leave having heard a story and then go out and like take action in the world Mm. um and it's almost a way to like yeah it sounds like quite grandiose but it is it's like a world-changing thing like, I don't think it's possible for one person really to uh, to change the world in inverted nah. commas. Yeah. Yeah. But you yeah. can, like, spark the impetus for people to go out and change their actions and change the mindset. Um, for that individual, you can sp- you change yeah. the individual, yeah. Exactly, can, yeah. Then, yeah, help that change. spark a movement and all of that. And yeah. I think
1: that's super powerful, man. Um, Was that the there's... impetus for the theatre company? Sorry, it's just to die in.
0: Um, yeah, and I mean, like the theatre company as well. I think so. Me and a couple of mates were all on a gap year, and we were all like, we just want to do something, and we want to, we want to have some fun. Um, mm. And we, so like the first show that we did was uh, Art by Yasmina Razor, I don't
1: know if you've. Oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I know, I know of it. I don't I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen it. It's a, it's a... <laughs> it's one about the painting, right? They just sort of yeah, talk about exactly. the, the painting. So yeah, yeah
0: one of like uh, these like three friends who've met at university, they're getting on in years. And one of them buys a what is ostensibly a white painting, um and that's basically the basis of the of the story. So. uh yeah, one of them has bought this, like, ostensibly white painting, which he believes has, like, multiple shades of white in it and blah blah blah, blah and loads of texture. Hmm. One of the guys is just like, That's absolute, it's, it's just a white painting, like, why have you bought this? <laughs> uh, and then they have this, like, crazy friend who's consistently late and kind of neurotic. Um, he doesn't really care about the painting but just wants his friends back and it, it, like, it's a really beautiful story actually about just friendship and what it hmm. is to 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 be like to be a good friend to someone uh, especially when you think they're doing something that is ridiculous like how do you still want to hang on and support someone hmm. and yeah. also challenge them on their madness and all that yeah. that? Like, it's a really um, interesting one um, but yeah for us like I think it was just an opportunity for us to be, like, we're not just sitting around on our asses, and actually let's test and see, like, whether what we're doing is what we want to be doing. It's interesting now, like, so one of the guys is, uh, he he went off and did stand-up comedy and now he's working in, like, radio. Another one is uh, DOP. um, I mean, he does, like, a lot of commercials and he's constantly traveling so so in a way it was like a really good foundation for 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 the three of us to to test the waters and make sure that we were sort of making the right choice um and i think at the time yeah at at the time we probably didn't think about it as as deeply Mm. um but it's interesting looking back on it that actually it was it was like a I don't know, it was a formative moment, really. It was a moment of being like... like. So I remember when we put on that first show, um, it was that thing of having the conversations with people afterwards and, hmm. he- like, hearing how they'd been touched by it. That was kind of the... the Where real... did you guys do it? So we ended up... Like, our old school had, had a theatre in it, so um they were really gracious and they gave us the space for free so we sort of went back to our school and put on there so we had like a three-night run or something um in bedford and uh yeah it was great man it's great
1: how was it um and uh yeah sorry uh going back what what were you listening to what was the or what was the um films or tv or what do you remember like anyone in particular being like not like straight away, like, that's what I want to do or that's where I want to go. But like anything um, that sort of gave you that bit of inspiration, for want of a better I word.
2: Think,
0: yeah, yeah. Like, I've always been a big TV head. I think, like, at the time, I was watching a lot of, like, The Mighty Boosh
1: and uh, <laughs> Garth Moreno's Dark Place. Um, I just got into that recently. We were listening, really we were watching it? so yeah, <laughs> we were watching some of them here with
0: Matt Berry (laughs) yeah man (laughs) those
1: guys were amazing
0: but actually like I feel like there was something about the way that they work as well that really inspired me like all of those people pretty much work together and have been writing and making stuff together for ages Um, Mm. and yeah there's something about that you know that whole like set of people and the way that they work was something that I think I definitely wanted to emulate. Um, that sort of collaboration. Yeah, man. Yeah. Mm. Like, but with a close knit, your friends. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Like working with your friends and, um, just making crazy things like, and in a way I was sort of doing that as well. Like I had a few mates who we used to like meet on weekends and make like stupid little short films and. Um, oh yeah. 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 Um, and it's sort of interesting as well all those guys are sort of doing they're sort of doing the acting thing as well um but what else what else was I really watching like I wasn't really a massive theatre goer but I, I definitely the shows that I did see definitely had an impact on me as well I saw a few like RSC shows very early on a few like school trips and stuff um and then also, yeah, through the school theatre too. Like, it was quite an interesting one. So the the theatre manager of the school theatre, uh, he had a really, he had his like finger on the pulse of the fringe theatre. Hmm. So the school would get a lot of like obscure but amazing shows. Um, so have you heard of a guy called Pip Utting? Uh, no. Um, he did this one man show. Uh, where he plays Hitler. Uh, oh, what is the name of it? I need to. I need to check the name of this show. But I remember seeing that, and I was like, "Oh my God! This like this one man has like opened up an entire world to us, and wow. especially playing this like hated figure. But he made you not that he made you like him, <clears throat> but he made you like." See things from his point of view, and and did it without judgment, so that you, mm. as the audience member, can can sort of make your own opinion. And I it's think kind of crazy thing
1: one. to, yeah, so that's kind of a crazy thing to see. It like what?
0: Yeah, How old I would be have there? been I would have been like fifteen, I think, 14, 15 or something like that. Um, which is a really it's a really mad one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it really really is mad, but it was. a uh, it was an amazing show and then there was another one a show called Bane which is like a one man film noir fringe theatre show Mm. Um, and that again I remember that show like leaving that show and being like this is what this can do like one man and like a guy doing his soundtrack on guitar but Every single individual, like it was like watching a cartoon mm-hmm. on stage almost. You could see everything. You could see like every single character. Um he took you to different locations. The story was like super engaging. Um it was like a feat of of utter craftsmanship. Um and that was another one that just it just opened my eyes to like the the possibilities of of what this This crazy business is about, like, (laughs) rather than just the big blockbusters. I mean, Mm. yeah, yeah, really interesting.
1: So (laughs) that's that's interesting. The kind of the difference between. So you're from Bedford, yeah, but and then the theatre you're exposed to, is like that kind of fringe one man shows, like touring in and out. That's an interesting. Way to be introduced in a in a town that I know just because of you've spoken a little bit about, but it do, is there a theatre in Bedford or is there is, is it like that they come to your school? It's um, not particularly like a, th- a theatrical place, is what I'm trying yeah, to say.
0: It's, it's not it's not massive, yeah. although it's a weird one. Like, there are quite a few like actors who
1: come from Bedford um, and it's on the outskirts of London,
0: yeah, yeah, it's like 40 minutes out by train. Um, so it's like no, it it's really is a commuter town, and it used to have. It doesn't really have a massive theater. Like the the closest like big theater is probably Milton Keynes or something like that. Right. Um, so there are a couple of like smaller venues, um, and I would probably say actually the school theater was probably the closest to like. To a big theater, um, mm. and because of the work of James Farrow like he brought in some really really amazing work and so mm. that's this like little island that is showing amazing work in in what is
1: otherwise quite a uh <laughs> bleak is the wrong word but uh. <laughs> <laughs> no but it's like it's a it you described it perfectly it's, it's a commuter town it's a, like yeah. in that belt yeah. and so were you going into london much when you were younger
0: yeah, I mean, so I'm originally from London. Like, I was born in Walthamstow in East 17. So I lived right. in London until I was, like, nine years old. Um, right, okay. And then, from then, moved to Bedford and kind of did the rest of my ah, growing yes. up there. Um, so, yeah, we'd go back and forth to London visiting family and stuff and, you know, seeing stuff and all of that. Um, but, yeah, there was a, a big chunk where... Bedford was definitely HQ and like hub and (laughs) that was, yeah, that was well. Do you
1: ever wish you'd grown up in London?
0: Um, I, you know what, not, not massively, no. I feel like Bedford was a really good place for me at the time and having had that like beginning in London and then moving out and like just having a little bit more space and openness and like, um. Less of the hustle and bustle. I think we kind of get the best of all both
1: worlds, in a yeah, way.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I've never really felt like like London was like a, a hundreds of miles away because at the end of the day, you no. always get into town within an hour. Mm. So, um, yeah, I don't regret having left London. And it's strange. Like I feel like w- once you have lived in London, there's kind of always a part of you that is like a hey, hmm. Londoner anyway. Like it doesn't really go away.
1: Um, yeah, I feel start, that now. Really I've only yeah. lived here for a few years, and you know, since I was nineteen. But I, st- I think I still feel that. Yeah, you sort of like, yeah. I don't know. It's a weird city. It's I mean, a weird it city. into your bones, man. It's just one of those things. Like <laughs> it does in good ways and bad you. ways.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah <laughs> it yeah, really yeah. does. It really yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you get the drama scholarship, and then you know you form the company and do the gap year, and then you go to drama center. And yeah. you and it's obviously a school that's had a interesting last year and uh, a lot. Yeah. that's a way of putting it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like you don't have to speak about it. I, you don't have to talk about drama centre at all. Like I mean I I don't want to put you in any position. Um, I doubt the head of I doubt the principal of Drama Centre will listen to my <laughs> yeah, podcast. Sure but uh, better, yeah. how was your experience there when you were there? I loved that place.
0: Um, Yeah, Drama Centre was, like... Drama Centre was exactly what I needed at the time. Um, There was a big thing... I think, like, one of the the main reasons why I chose that school was because I wanted to get a sense of, like, true discipline and of graft and um, to kind of push myself to, uh, to see how far I could go. And I think Drum Centre really gave me that, like... Um, I mean, I'm sure it's similar at other schools as well, but we had a real sense of, like, putting in the work ethic and doing 12-hour days and staying after school and, like... Um, I don't know, like, using those three years to just immerse yourself in that world and trying to, like, you know, squeeze out as much from the sponge as you possibly could. Um, it's,
1: a, it's a school that... I think people. I I never auditioned for it, so I, I can't judge. But um, it's a school that I th- that. I, I feel like it's almost aware that it has or had or could potentially have uh, a reputation before you arrive. Like mm. you hear and the nickname of the trauma, trauma center. center yeah. Trauma yeah. center comes up a lot. Yeah. When you were there, did you ever feel like it was that, or did you think that's just a? gross exaggeration which a lot of the time when you go to drama schools you hear so many rumors about mm. stuff that happens in first year and second year and third year that it gets so yeah. out of proportion as well as there being a lot of truth and a lot of you know people not feeling safe in workplaces yeah. that they are in and and I, not feeling comfortable <clears throat> did you ever feel like that was a case in your experience what i came away with was that there definitely
0: was a time when that place was trauma center and the legacy of that um thankfully i think has changed because the principles have changed so like the time of trauma center uh when the original principles were there like you know our teachers who were taught by them would tell us those guys were fucking crazy insane like megalomaniacs who enjoyed um pitting people against each other and doing like it's so fucking things to people so um, I mean it's fucked but it did like the training has led to some amazing people coming out of it.
1: and yeah like, but I it's I, not I, a
0: justification yeah it's you not, can never yeah.
1: justify it's just because yeah. Tom Hardy came out at that time doesn't mean it's okay like it like well, yeah I, but you I know think, sorry I interrupt you I interrupted you no 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 it's okay like
0: um, I think what is interesting is that because the people who are there now teaching there had been taught under that and under like they understood whatever the whatever benefits could have been taken from that and um also saw the damage that had been done and did their best to like uh, try and separate those two things and take whatever was good from that like discipline based work and also mm-hmm. not like treat people like their playthings um, yeah. and so at the time that I went to drama center I think they had got that balance quite finely tuned, um, and so like people like John Piskitza, uh totally understood how far it was acceptable to push you.
1: Uh, is he a tutor at John Centre?
0: So right. yeah, he was the uh, he was my acting tutor. Um, he yep. also teaches at RADA as well. Um, and so yeah, like he understood what he had benefited from from those like, crazy years uh, and also knew how to nurture. And so I think they'd got that balance pretty pretty fine-tuned. Like, it was
1: great. It was, I su- it was an amazing place. I suppose that what I, I... Because of the conversations that came up this year about stuff coming out with drama schools, yeah, of, of students not being able... Basically the crux of it was students not being able to uh say things and feeling like they couldn't say things about drama schools whether it was mm-hmm. to do with race or um in more recent years sexual harassment the there i i just it, what what gets to me sometimes and what makes me pissed off is that i think that sometimes there's this attitude of glorifying the secretiveness of drama schools <laughs> yeah. that is like that is like oh you know we can't we, we, You don't say anything about what's on the course And I think that drives, that drives me mad mm. Because I think that that is n- that, uh, That's if I, if I thought about You know I was 19 When I went to drama school And so were you yeah. Which is still relatively young I was I, I remember in my first year Being really scared about Rumours that I had heard And they were pretty tame the idea of then going to a school that is nicknamed trauma (laughs) centre and that is given this idea that that you don't really know what's true and what's not and what's Mm. outlined by the course and I understand from a teaching point of view that you want to keep things you know, so you discover them yourself Mm. but I think what's been really good and again, I don't know what it was like at drama centre but what I think has been really good is that there's been a conversation now, finally Mm. Whether it's about content of drama schools or whether it's about um, whether it's just about the secretiveness, mm. I don't really, I don't really have a question. But I suppose that I'm just like I'm interested to know your thoughts. And when like when all the stuff came out this year about drama centre, and again, you don't have to talk about it too much if you don't mm. want to. But when all the stuff came out about drama centre this year, what was your opinions on it? Not, like, what your opinions, but what, what, how did you feel when you heard it?
0: Yeah. Um, it's obviously, it's a, it's a sad thing to not, like, I remember when I first heard that things were kind of, like, uh, breaking down in that sense. Like, it's a sad thing to not be able to recommend um, a place that you love and right. to feel exactly. like, yeah, like to feel like you'd be doing someone a disservice if you said to them, uh, like, you should go to this place. Hmm.
1: Um,
0: And in part, I think, like, the. I mean, there's a lot that goes into the Drama Centre breakdown because of the way that it became, like, embedded into Central Saint Martins. And, um, like, I think, having a drama school within a university and people from above trying to push it to become, like, a university course means that, like, they were always sort of fighting and losing battle, in a way.
1: Um, In in what way?
0: Well, I feel like the Central Saint Martin's, like, bureaucracy really didn't understand why... um, ..why Drama Centre was asking for the things that it was asking for, in terms of, like... Uh, teaching time and resources and like space
1: and uh uh, like how was it how was it being part of a uni because i think central um central is part of a uni but i never Mm. it never feels like that it just feels like a big drama school with lots of different courses and i suppose it feels a bit more university like in that way but it's still kind of Arts centric, but Central Saint Saint Martin's is an arts. Central Saint Martin's is is an art school,
0: um, but I think so. When for a really long time, like CSM had been the people who were accrediting the course, like University of the Arts London, I guess it's like really the the, um, thing. But Drama Center was at least in a separate building, it had its own space, and so like going into Drama Center, you felt like you were there. And it was, like, its own little close bubble and they could get on and do what they needed to do and that was that. Um, and then, they when CSM built a new building, Drama Centre, like, moved in with the rest of Central Saint Martins into that building. Um, and suddenly it became a thing where uh, it was almost like rather than Drama Centre being its own entity, it became, like, a department of Central Saint Martins. And so there was, like, a big struggle right. to fight for space. Um, right. I think the space was, like really one of the key things where uh the places where we were working were also like well the university was asking for those spaces to be available to everyone um so we'd have moments where like you're changing in the corridors but then uh you've got like I don't know, painting students like walking through whilst you're changing or people like knocking on your Mm -hmm. doors during lessons and stuff like that. And so not having its own real physical space, I think actually took like a big toll on the school. Um, And then on top of that, there was like a sort of management based thing where they wanted to amalgamate drama centre with other courses and create this like centre for performance, which... um, sort of removed the focus from the training like our principal so over the three years that I was there our first principal left to become the head of the centre for performance at the end of my first year which then meant that his focus was less on drama centre and more on trying to like merge the like actors Mm. training with designers and uh, costume people and blah, 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 um, And so there was this like, I don't know, like watering down of the focus of the school um, because I think CSM were looking to like, yeah, to make it into another department rather than some sort of separate thing. And I think maybe that like battle, that like bureaucracy battle also led to Things like slipping under the radar and things not being dealt with as early as they should have because the focus wasn't really there um and so yeah like especially so I think like a lot of the real recent horror stories of drama center actually happened after I'd left, and so like it's kind of it, uh, not that it's difficult to talk on them because you no no no, you no hear people yeah. but but like. Um, I feel like that breakdown of the focus is what allowed some of those things to happen because people mm. weren't weren't like it would you know it's like having something that is happening in the periphery that's taking your eye
1: off the ball no you know yeah I mean. and, cr- and crucially like we you sort of have to acknowledge you know that it's not just drama centre. Central yeah, is the exact yeah. same and yeah. I think there was stories from RADA as well and and, and others I'm sure yeah. um, I can't remember what it was from the article and the stage but it's it's across the board it was across yeah. the board but but thank you for yeah. speaking about Drama Centre I know that it's the thing is as well that it's, it's a place that you love and so I mean I want to get back to your love coming out of it and then graduating and yeah. going into the i word for the first time and and how did you feel prepared did you feel ready and yeah interesting question like so yeah
0: i mean i really loved drama center um i was lucky enough to get signed during third year um which was amazing and also so like drama center has a thing where the directing students um they kind of like they're, they're almost part of the actors' training as well. So for the mm-hmm. first year, they take acting classes. They're like 100% with you on that. And then in third year, they do their third-year shows with, with the actors as well, so with the people that they've trained with. That um, sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, it sounds was amazing, critical. man. Um, and so I was lucky enough that my third-year directs this show, um, so with a company called Besner Theatre, who I love these guys to best, they're fucking incredible. Um, we were lucky enough to get picked to represent the school at a international theater festival. Um, so mm. the show that we were doing was called Crime, which was like the response to Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment, but really looked at what the effects of capitalism are on society. Um, so like super political work, um, And, like, literally straight after graduating, we went, took that show abroad, then did, like, a London run. Um, Where did you go abroad? So we went to Romania. We went to... Oh, my God. Yeah. First, we went to Suceava, which is, like, up in the north of Romania. um, And then took it on a run in Bucharest, which is the capital. Um, And, like, that was, like it was like the ultimate experience actually in a way we were like working on a show that was politically driven um really driving like great conversations and like you know like I was speaking before about that thing of like how a story can mm. change people's individual worlds it really felt like we were doing that um and then the travel was involved and like I was working with my best friends um it was just like this Amazing, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I I really like. I was, uh, I remember thinking, like, I'm so lucky. How the hell have I like landed in this thing where I feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing? Um, But I also feel like, and I think this is across the board with drama schools, and it's something that needs to be uh, sort of focused on, and something that needs to change because I don't think drama schools actually really prepare you that well for the real industry. They prepare you for doing the work when it comes, but I don't think there's really, like, enough focus on the fact that you, you're you not going to be working all the time. Uh, and what do you do during those times? And, like, how do you uh,
1: reconcile that thing? Like, like, I know what you mean. Is there is there a case, though, that it's like, well, like, how do you prepare someone for that?
2: yeah i I sort of because i I, I don't know yeah. and I,
1: i'm not asking you to know i'm mm. I, I think it's a i think it's a fair point and and i think that's your experience and i think it's probably a lot of people's experience i just don't know how you do it <laughs> because <laughs> it, it's, it's like what, because yeah. you know it's it, it's effectively it's effectively it's effectively asking them to train you to to work out what to do with the Rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, I know when you're yeah, not working. I know what you mean, but I feel like there's almost a and maybe that's a, maybe that's a generalisation, not generalisation. No, um, no, go on. No, I sort of get you. I just think it's a thing of like, um,
0: especially for young actors. They're like, I remember leaving and being like, I should be doing everything now, and why isn't it happening? So like, I finished that tour. Came back and then I didn't really work like I didn't do any paid work. I think for about a year after that, I ended up doing loads of like scratch notes mm. and stuff and bits and pieces. Mm. But um,
1: like, which definitely have their value though. One hundred percent. I think, those, I, think right. the, I think they're so like I think those that that's the kind of thing that I would probably say I agree with you in that I think that's the kind of thing that should be talked about more at drama school. Like and, you know, yeah. with the, the amount of times that. I don't know maybe not discouraged but like maybe I don't know maybe it's a snobbery I'm not sure but like going out and doing like there's an amazing um group called Voices from Home who do with uh done by Tim Cook who does uh who before lockdown did Scratch Nights where you know people come in and um you know they're written by young graduates they're directed by uh i think a couple of them directed by young graduates and maybe tim does one as well and Mm -hmm. they're all done by actors and everyone Mm -hmm. gets like paid not like a lot but a bit but they get to work and they get to do something for three days three days of stuff and that's maybe the kind of thing that i think i think you're Mm -hmm. right in that it should that should be um not that that's what you said but that's the kind of thing that could be talked about more yeah yeah 100 because i mean
0: i feel like i learned so much through doing that as well like mm. um you, you know it's it's the well the act of doing is where you really learn um and there shouldn't be any like um not even that there is really but there's no shame in doing that work like you sort of need to do it no i know you what you mean it's not just, just not yeah. yeah
1: it's like it's 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 a kind of um I don't know because I think you were you were right in that like why isn't everything happening to me now. Yeah. I think that's a feeling that happens a lot. But it's it doesn't work like that. I sort of stopped you in mid flow. You were talking about not working for a bit and then yeah, um and then doing the scratch nights. I'm just I just want to get back to what you were saying, sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's okay. So, um
1: trying to think of where my flow was like <laughs> but you were t- we were talking about yeah. like what how can you prepare someone for the time for the, bit for when the time not. when you're not working
0: yeah yeah so like yeah i think there's just um well yeah i think there's just something about being realistic about the way that things are going to happen and not feeling mm. you know not putting that pressure on yourself to assume that like overnight everything is going to happen for you and like, that. I think it's right that people are inspired to, like, aim for the best, but mm. it's often. Um, I think it's really easy to forget all of the other like hard graft that goes into getting you there.
1: Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe actually. I know. I kind of. I kind of. I kind of agree because it's like. Rather than aspiring to be the best, do you think it should be an ins- they should be inspired to work?
0: Yeah. Although like now that I think about it, like I think actually probably Drum Centre did, did, do did quite well in, in yeah, yeah, in keeping people aware of the fact that the work is the thing
1: that, that do, was, you th- like, do you like to Do you think that the the inspiration or the pressure maybe to be the best maybe doesn't come from drama center, maybe comes from, because I would probably say this was my experience, and that it maybe comes from the outside sources, Mm. that when you go into the R-word for the first time, you get greeted with a lot of people being very positive and telling you all the things that they're going to put you up for and do. Yeah and get and you're going to be you're going to be a star but like but in all all seriousness that is sort of what happens and for right or wrong that that will affect you Mm. did you feel that? yeah I'd 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 have to agree with you on that one (laughs) Um, and there is a thing
0: as well like because especially when you start you get put up for a lot of stuff because you need to meet casting directors and all of that and you end up going up for like massive things as well um, and it can almost feel, like, disheartening when you, like, I remember that first year of going off for, like, like, roots in, like, like a huge shows, like, massive shows, and then not getting them and being like, fuck, have I, like, you know, have I messed up this whole thing at, at the beginning, if that makes sense, but, you, like, it takes some time to understand that you're... There's also that thing of, like, just building the relationships and getting yourself, mm. like, out there and seen. And, um yeah, understanding the journey. Like, that first year was really... That was, like, a moment of being, like, I need to take this as a marathon, not a sprint. And mm. I think I had been, like, aware of that before, but you don't really learn it until you're doing it, if that mm. makes sense. Like, you've really no. got to uh, see it for the long game and not, like not let your focus be too short term um, mm-hmm. but you know maybe that is just part of the of the journey as well and like everybody yeah, I think goes it through is. it in different it ways is. and uh, yeah
1: yeah you have worked as an understudy twice yeah uh, and we were on studies together yeah. and I want to know what your what your experience of that is because I think that with a lot of the with a lot of this podcast the things that I try and do is talk about the things that uh, maybe for me felt secretive when I was entering the I word Mm -hmm. or uh, for me felt like people just didn't really talk about. Mm -hmm. And I think that being an understudy and the the benefits, but also the the realistic nature of the the job is something that I never really, especially at drama school, actually, if we're going to go back to that, which is that it did not prepare me. To work as an understudy, absolutely not. Yeah, Uh, and it's something that I really want to illuminate, change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really want to change. Um, uh, how how was it for you? How much of how much about being an understudy did you know before you did it for the first time?
0: We could talk Uh, about the first time if you want. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like. I didn't really have a clue about understudying the first time that I did it, and I came into it um, really... uh, Slapdash is maybe not the right word, but, like, so I got a job. Somebody on on this touring show had uh, dropped out pretty much, like, two or three weeks before the show was supposed to open, and um, I then stepped into that role. So I had, uh, like, one, like, ensemble part and then I was covering three other roles. And so it kind of, like, like, yeah, I had two weeks of rehearsal, then the show opened and that was that. It was, like, just run with it as you can. And so it was a really, like, intense experience to begin with um, that you then you know you build your stamina and you take it in your stride as it goes Um, but understudying like I don't know I think it's it's like a double edged sword really it's in in one (laughs) sense it's amazing and in another sense it's the most frustrating job in the world like you do a whole hog of work and you can sometimes never actually perform that stuff but there's also that thing of um, maybe like the pressure's off is not quite what I mean, but uh, you're not like. You I kind of get the what whole you mean. Weight of
1: your shoulders, you know, like. But I, I think, I think that the the pressure not being on is one of the things that's that frustrating. frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you want that, you kind of in a way want that yeah. good weight and pressure, yeah. because it then feels like you're. You're working. That's the feeling yeah. you feel familiar with when you yeah. when you're working on something, yeah, yeah. Whether it yeah. be big or small, and actually that. not having that, I, I the double-edged sword is this. <laughs> really got me, <laughs> yeah. Because it's also because it, it is amazing as well, right? So it, that's it is. Your, that's the thing I want. To, I want to really, yeah, really really pinpoint. emphasize that it is a great learning experience and it's yeah. really really beneficial and yeah. actually that that waiting around and that not feeling the pressure i think psychologically is really good because i think that it 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 you're like a kind of i don't know you're like an elastic band when yeah. you are then ready yeah. and it allows you to see the process or whatever you want to call it from another side Mm-hmm. and from another way and, wor- and learn to work in a different way. Yeah,
0: 100%. And there is something as well of like, you know, watching your principles work as well and seeing how people like, seeing where your approach differs from somebody else or where your things Absolutely. align. Um, mm. And like, yeah, I think I've always been really blessed to like understudy really generous people. And so be able really? to have that like, Really generous people,
1: yeah. but also be in really good rooms. Yeah, like we well, don't have to yeah. talk about the we don't have to talk about the two jobs that you did if you don't want to. But like the 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 rooms you're in are really yeah. good, and so you're going yeah. to be working with really good people, whether yeah. they are the the um, the stage management or the uh, director or the yeah. producers that come in and out or the yeah. the actors themselves, yeah. who, like you said, are really generous and. Yeah. Yeah so in a way you're kind of just you're kind of almost like a little fly on the wall and because the pressure is off you can just sort of go in and just learn yeah and not have that pressure of going in and it's your first job and being like i really need to impress this director today because on the first day i'll do a really shouty scene that'll really kind of get me that everyone will know how good of an actor i am yeah. You sort um, of yeah. don't have that. You sort of, you have other pressures and you have other anxieties. Mm. And I felt, I feel a bit, of, I felt a bit of an imposter when I was there. <laughs> I had really yeah, bad imposter yeah, syndrome when I was in the first few days. Um, but from a learning experience and for someone, for someone, you know, for someone, for people as young as we are to go it, that's like so valuable to have 100%, that experience.
0: Man. 100%. Like, um that's the thing I would I would say if like especially for like younger actors, when a job like that comes up,
1: you should take it. There's so much yeah, that you'll get from it. Um, again it's it's one of those sorry to just start in as well, but just to yeah. kind of emphasize with you, is that I think that maybe I think from a lot of different sources, people ask, Are you okay with doing understudy work? Mm. And I suppose would you say yes? Would you say, like, absolutely? I mean, you're a couple, few years older than me and you've done a lot more work than me. And so would you say from your perspective that it that it is definitely worth it as a young actor, graduate or...?
0: Yeah, I mean, 100%, man. I feel, I feel like... Um, so especially in those first few years after mm. leaving, like, it's the... It's one of the ultimate ways to, like, hone your craft. Um, and as we're saying, like... And almost that frustration of not being on every day, I think it's a really good thing as well, because it sort of proves to your, or at least I found this, I proved to myself that like, I definitely want to be on every day. Right, And you, yeah. you sort totally, of get totally, totally. yourself to a point where you're like, um, because you're itching to do it, you're really like, you know, striving to just be on and doing the thing that the, the next time that you, going in for an audition or whatever or you know the next time that you're actually doing something you then push yourself and do, do it to your to your mm. fullest mm. uh ability so um i mean it is one to think about uh because in both of those jobs so like the first one was uh 12 night with the rsc and it was a touring job um so we started in stratford and then we went to like every uh, mid midsummer. No, twelve midsummer, night at, sorry, the, yeah. at, no, at the globe. Because yeah. yeah. you just so, said it, it's a twelve night yeah. at the globe, right? Twelve night at the globe, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. That's yeah, it. You're right.
1: Um, and then Midsummer Night Stream is the RSC one. Sorry. Yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just drop it in you works the RSC as well.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, 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 just whatever. little flex, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: but yeah, so like what was my Sorry, mine has just gone blank. <laughs> you just wanted to say so you
1: worked weird. the twelve at the Globe and <laughs> RSC. No, no, you were, back back about, you were talking about You were talking about the first one. You were talking about the differences in the first one and maybe the 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 waiting around or the
2: Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: So yeah, there's a thing of like um
0: Yeah, when you're not on all the time, when you do actually get that opportunity to go on, it's such a sense of relief as well. And mm. like as much as it's like super nerve-wracking like I remember the the first actual I remember being like fucking bricking it for the like mm. before and then once you actually step on and you start like it's almost like all of those nerves just like melt away and you're you're, you're doing the thing but yeah but that's
1: also a really interesting acting exercise as well mm. to have yeah. that to have all that energy and go on and still have to just do the job and still do yeah. the technical side as well as cause you're learning the track as well. And if you're learning yeah. multiple parts, you're having to remember the, uh, the, the roots and also trying to just like say the lines yeah. and learn yeah. the lines. Yeah. Yeah. But I think yeah. maybe as well that, um, I don't know, maybe because of the pandemic, maybe, you know, an understudied job won't seem as, as, as daunting or as, uh, maybe it will just i don't know it's daunting but maybe it won't seem as um people maybe just won't be as fussy about being under studies i feel yeah. like they work because it will just be like work yeah i don't yeah. i i worry that sometimes that maybe maybe those kind of shows won't be on as much in uh, the next I mean, couple man, of years but it's sort a hey, strange one like we gotta have just, hope we gotta have yeah hope. like it's
0: interesting <laughs> i haven't like as much as I've spent a lot of time thinking about the death of theatre, I think i also <laughs> still haven't really, like, internalised it and, like, properly processed of, it. Well, it's yeah, not going to die. It's not no, fucking going to die, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, OK, the death of I sounds like the guy from <laughs> It's
1: not going <laughs> to die,
0: man. <Is> <laughs>
2: um,
0: but, yeah, like, the landscape is going to be interesting for a few years right? the
1: landscape it, the landscape is going to be different is going to yeah. be different and i and i i hesitate to say but i i think it could be worse to start with but yeah. it was it wasn't right before yeah. yeah it wasn't right in terms of representation and it wasn't yeah. right in terms of the plays being put on yeah. so actually for it to change and for it to be forced to change you can only yeah, hope that think, it's yeah. it goes the right way yeah, um,
0: and we're lucky as well that it is an industry for the people who are like open to change. Like, you know, it's it's
1: art. yeah. I, well, I, I I think so. I, I I yeah. I worry that sometimes that the the idea of money is still a big thing, and that they don't. Maybe people don't trust that. hey Look, we're not gonna we're not gonna put theatre to rights now. <laughs> so that's a whole other podcast that, that more experienced people than me can can host, but um. I do worry that maybe the the idea of of making money is still, um, if theatres come yeah. back and all that's on is Phantom of the Opera, I'm or you know Les Mis, and as much as value as those shows have, I'm not sure what the, I'm not sure what that does. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd that's totally just me, man. I mean, um, yeah,
0: it will it yeah, yeah. It's a hard it's a hard. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna. Yeah. yeah, we can't we can't fix it here. <laughs> yeah.
1: But let's get to your recommendation. what's your recommendation oh big man this has been a great chat by the way I've absolutely loved this I've absolutely loved this chat thank you so much for having me on mate it's um, it's been a pleasure (laughs) Um,
0: I've been like big on my documentaries recently so I have two documentaries fantastic uh, and both of these I think like uh really opened my eyes to be more aware of the way that the world works. And I would almost say if you haven't seen these, then you don't know the world that you're living in. Uh, (laughs) Genuinely, genuinely. Bold. Yeah, yeah. Bold statements, but... Yeah, so the first one is um, Citizen Four, which is the Edward Snowden documentary. So it's a story about the NSA revelations and all of this. Which, like like so i think i'm naturally because this is all like classified information people don't really understand it um and have no real idea of the capabilities that are out there but that that film i don't know man it just it just blew my mind it blew my mind the level Mm -hmm. of like insanity that that we actually do live with and it's all like under under the covers. Um, so Citizen mm. Four is one, it's like a must watch. You need to see mm. that to understand what you're living through. And especially even now, because that film, I think it was 2016. So like time has moved on quite far from there and not much has changed. Um, mm. And it's really easy to forget that those revelations even happened. Um, so that's number one. And then number two is Hyper-Normalization by Adam Curtis. And that, again, is another one that just like... It's like having the covers, like, ripped, you know, like having the blinders ripped from your eyes and suddenly mm. you're like, Jesus Christ, like, this world is is, is insane. It's absolutely yeah. insane. Um, so I'd have to say those, those two films are like... So
1: Citizen Four... and hyper normalisation where can you uh, get them Um, so hyper normalisation is on BBC iPlayer
0: um, but there is also YouTube you can watch it on YouTube as well with like subtitles for for everything Mm. and then Citizen 4 I mean I have it on DVD so, <laughs> so DM Theo. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. No, 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 I'm,
2: so no, 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 you, no. I'm uh, not
0: going to uh, do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. But um, yeah. I'm not sure if it's on like Amazon Prime or something like that.
1: But okay. Uh, I'm sure people might, can find well, yeah, it. Um, yeah, Citizen yeah, Four yeah, and yeah. Hypernormalisation. Yeah. Well, now that you're going to give my whole audience uh, existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, mate. Theo yeah, Sinclair. Thank you, thank you very, very much, mate. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> this podcast is produced by me and the sellers with original music of dan thank you